podcast may contain strong language. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Film Fight, the podcast where we take two movies with a similar plot or script and figure out which one is better and why. I'm your host, Zach Bassetta. I'm here with my co-host, television director and artist, Amber Hollinger. How are you, Hi, Amber? I'm good. How are you doing? Great. I'm very happy to, to be back and, and talking movies with you guys. Uh, sound engineer and post-production guru. He's under the weather, but over the moon to be here. Steve Walter. Cough, cough, cough. COVID. Glad you could make it. As I'm, always. I'm ready to go. Feeling great. And marketing strategist extraordinaire Jim Vistano. Hello. Your uh, your intro was very enthusiastic today. I was I, I liked it. Thanks, man. I'm I'm ready to talk this. That was that was you you gave it all. You gave it your all this time. Sometimes you phone it in. That was a good one. <laughs> That's true. That's, <laughs> just depends on the mood. <laughs> But uh, like I said, very excited to, I think more than, than usual. Because uh, there's so much to talk about. This matchup, Bond versus Bond. We decided to take the first Bond movie and the very last Bond movie and match them well, up. At least the, the most recent. Most recent. Well, the last as of today. Yes, as of recording. <laughs> so that would be Dr. No and no time to die. So we're just gonna get right into these stats. Dr. No, director Terrence Young, who has 39 directing credits, mostly other Bond films, including Thunderball, um, also starring Sean Connery and from Russia with Love, which is another Bond film. Uh, writers on this are Richard Maybaum, Joanna Hardwood, Berkeley Mather, and most of those writers are all Bond writers, so they're writing teams. It's based on the novel by Ian Fleming. He wrote 12 Bond novels and nine short stories, and all but four of them have been made into films. Oh, uh, interesting. Actually, I thought all of them had been, actually. Not quite yet. Uh, it stars Sean Connery as James Bond, Ursula Andrews as Honey Rider, Joseph Wiseman as Dr. No and Jack Lord as Felix. It was released in 1962 with a runtime of one hour and 50 minutes. And can't talk about this franchise without talking about the music because it's iconic. Monty Norman is the one who created the famous Bond theme and all his theatrical music credits belong to the Bond franchise. Then roll over to No Time to Die, which made me cry, minus two. It was directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga, who has 14 credits to his name for feature credits, for movie credits. Um, but he's the first American director to direct a James Bond film. Um, I loved that he was a writer and director on the first True Detective miniseries. So I oh, love that cool. series, really well written. Um, the writers for this are Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, Fukunaga, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I'm willing to bet, did, are Neil and Robert characters only since they wrote the previous, or did they actually write on the script? No, they actually wrote on it. They also wrote on Skyfall, Casino Royale, and Spectra, all those that I had did not see. And then Phoebe Waller, 
she wrote on uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Everyone's favorite Star Wars film. Fleabag and uh, Killing Eve, all great TV series. This one stars Daniel Craig as James Bond, Leah Seydoux as Madeline, Rami Malek as Lucifer, uh, Jeffrey Wright as Felix, Lashana Lynch as Nomi, the new 007, and Ana de Armes as Paloma. It was released in 2021, music by Hans Zimmerman, but he used Monty Norman's theme and reworked it into the action sequences. This came... <laughs> Holy shit. Time is impeccable. Timing is impeccable. <laughs> Thank you, audio engineer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody knows. Everybody knows. We've been at a cool two hours and 43 minutes, Christ almighty. <laughs> It took me two days to watch that movie, <laughs> for real. Oh my goodness. And I guess we should have a little shout out to Maurice Binder because he is the person who designed that gun barrel opening at the beginning of every Bond movie, did it first for Dr. No. And it was kind of a last minute thing as he decided that he was going to point a pinhole camera through a real gun barrel and zach you asked who was that in the beginning mm -hmm. of dr no because it was not sean connery um it was some stuntman stuntman named bob simmons but then it's it also makes you wonder like who is he like in the context of the film i mean obviously just nobody just Nothing, a man just a but stuntman. kind of bizarre thinking of that just iconic as it's always james bond you know I thought like, oh, is it his, re uh, the guy he's replacing? Which it turned out not to be, obviously. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that thought out? <laughs> maybe maybe it was because it was so last minute. They're like, oh, we need to get someone here to stand here as James Bond, but it's not really Sean Connery because he wasn't available. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. He's busy. Oh, so I'm right. He was busy what? <laughs> what was he busy doing? <laughs> he just okay, hold on, listen, Sean Connery. It's not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then. As I remember, you said you don't do it with a clenched fist. It's better to do it with an open hand. What a nice guy. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't love that. I haven't changed my opinion. You haven't? No. Not at all. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. I you think, think it's bad. It must, I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. I don't know, Sean. I don't think that that stood the test of time there, buddy. He yeah. says sometimes you got to tell him twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny, but it's so funny that he got isn't, on. Isn't that a Bond movie? Sometimes you have to tell them twice. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. I mean, God, I remember when that came. I was uh, that was so wild when that came out. I, I remember like it was the lead into the Barbara Walters special. They're like Sean Connery says it's okay to slap a woman, and I'm like what <laughs> you know he says when you don't get the last word and they want the last word and they won't end it sometimes you just have to and then he goes like he doubles down and says something at the end like maybe some of them oh he says you're gonna she says you're gonna get a lot of emails and he goes i'll probably get some females as well like oh god like, it took all of the sexiness out of sean connery which is like a like a balloon deflating so sad because i this is the first time i'd ever heard that interview is when you guys showed it to me over last week when we watched all those uh, the films i was so sad when um what year was that interview oh um it was in the 80s look it, it must have been the, yeah it must have been in the 80s barbara yeah. walters yeah when it was okay, okay to hit women yeah I, even back then it was, she was like yeah no still not okay <laughs> barbara walters is kind of like she's yeah. ferocious i would not want to piss her off 
Yeah. But I think that also Sean Connery lives in a lived in a world where he probably could slap a woman. There's one of my friends used to work on the Warner lot, uh, an older guy, and told me about a story where uh, he came up, Sean Connery came up behind a woman that worked there, and uh, she was like bending over in her car, and he just slaps her ass. And she turns around ready to like yell at the guy and then sees it Sean Connery and is like suddenly flattered. Uh. So it's just... He was encouraged by that. Exactly. I'm not saying it's good or correct or right or anything. But he lived in uh, that world. You play James Bond. All roads lead to dick. True. It's all Sean Connery's worlds lead there. I can't, I I remember, um, it it doesn't hold up. It doesn't, uh, when we watched um, Dr. No, I remember thinking, this is going to be interesting because when I think of James Bond, I think of gadgets and cool cars and action and car chases. And uh, this one was more like a detective movie. It felt like uh, less of an action movie and more of a detective movie and sort of look at the uh, special effects, <laughs> if you could call it that, sort of showcasing the technology that was probably cutting edge at the time, which by today's standards looks like a Austin Powers movie. It was- yeah. it, it, it there were, Steve, there were a lot of karate chops happening. Yes, yeah. people were getting yeah, back then. Yeah, karate chop to the side of the neck, and the guy goes down. Like, meanwhile, in No Time to Die, James Bond gets shot. I think he got shot like seventeen times in this movie and blown and, up a few times. And, oh yeah, and, and yeah, with like point blank, uh, like range for bombs, yeah. and he just kind of like gets up and lips it off like a stud. That's now that's the James Bond I want to see. Well, right. To be fair, there were 58 years between these two movies. First, wow. the Bond franchise, which we can go back to Ian Fleming's books. I think Zach is the only person who actually read any of even Ian Fleming's books. But I thought it was really interesting. We were all wondering, why is the story happening in Jamaica? But apparently, Ian Fleming lived in Jamaica, wrote every single book in his Jamaican home. This was also, uh, Dr. No was the first movie to ever be filmed in Jamaica. So lots of Jamaica firsts, lots of Jamaica trivia happening there. I also did read something that he wrote it as a television outline first to promote Jamaica tourist industry. That's kind of what it was kind of like, that's what it was kind of made for, but then it didn't get sold for TV and it went into, um, I think he met with, Harry Saltzman, who was the guy who makes a lot of the James Bond movies, sold a bunch of the stuff to him. And he's the one who got the the financing to make it into an actual movie. But his original idea for this was to do a television television movie, but it was going to be like almost like a Jamaican kind of tourist commercial. Interesting because... <laughs> well, it was going to be, it was going to be just, it was going to just focus on like how cool Jamaica is to try to get people there. Well, if this didn't get people to Jamaica, I don't know what will. Yeah, I know. Yeah. If Ursula Andress doesn't get you over there. Yeah, I know, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Can we talk about that for a second? I suppose we have to. I mean, where she just like, she just kind of popped out of nowhere, literally, like she came out of the ocean in the, in the you know, three-fourths of the way through the movie and um, uh, apparently fell in love with James Bond on the beach within the first 15 minutes, enough so that she would follow him into the lair of the bad guy. Cause I remember at the, uh, the part with the, the dragon. <laughs> Don't forget the her boat bit. was uh, um, broken. So she, oh, she did right. not have to shot. follow him. He kind of manhandled her and dragged her along. Oh, that's also uh, true. He didn't give her much of a choice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Although and two, then they went into two this... leading ladies coming up out of water in Doctor No and No Time to Die. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, that's an yeah, iconic that's shot. True. That's an icon. Yeah, because there was one Holly Berry did one that was really exactly. really iconic, and you know, yeah, they did one with Daniel Craig. One I forget what movie it was, but he did the walking out of the ocean thing in one of the movies too. Just as you know. yeah, yeah, his very first one. I did watch a couple of other Bond films in between because I wanted to get uh, some you know, context, but they did not have a lot of, oh, I don't know. It was Thunderballs. Is that no. the, spy who, the spy who lubed me? No. Oh, okay. No? No. For, oh, for, for your thighs only. <laughs> well, it sounds like there might have been more action than that than Dr. No. Yeah. Cold, cold fingered? Oh, no. Oh, oh my God. Brown eye. Oh, no. I'm surprised she had time to watch all these. <laughs> uh, they they were not very long. They're not very long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had COVID, right? So I had lots of time on my head. And then Octopussy, which works. Which, which, which was a real one. Which one is the real title? <laughs> yeah, name the fake title. Actually, those were all uh, real. I, I, it was uh, not worth it to see all those. Which one was the godfather of all Bond movies? <laughs> The last one. Well, Zach had mentioned that uh, Casino Royale is actually the first book and was supposed to be the start of the franchise. And they decided to make this one. Dr. No was like the sixth book, didn't we determine? It was, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was up and there. They sure. decided to produce this as the inaugural Bond film because it had the simplest plot, believe it or not. Interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, Casino Royale is basically a, a card game. The second one is about voodoo, and the third one's about, you know, it's Thunderball, so that would be like space travel and stuff, so maybe a little difficult to pull off at the time. Mm. Interesting. Well, these were the first two Bond movies that I had ever seen in its entirety, so I was completely at a disadvantage not knowing this world, and I do, I do have to thank uh, Mr. Fukunaga for really threading the needle for people that didn't know the backstory, because I did not know who... Vesper was or Spectre. Time to Die is like the only one that would require having seen anything previously. Like I think even Skyfall, you can get away with not having seen anything before. Like this one, and I haven't seen Spectre, so I felt a little out of the loop because, you know, they picked up a lot of the story from that. But they did give you a lot of inference. So even though I didn't know who Vesper was, I kind of like, oh, Bond loved her at some point. That was a big loss for him. Spectre must be some really big bad guy organization. But I was appreciative of that. I could follow it. For sure. Yeah, no, it was enough. You know, it's just like I didn't get the, or, you know, I hadn't seen the buildup with his relationship with Madeline and, and all that stuff. Um, was Madeline in Spectra? Spectra? No. Spectra? Oh, yes, 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 she was. Yes, sorry. Because uh, I went back to look and see if Remy Malik had was in it, because that was a little confusing. Uh, but he was not. But yes, she was. Okay, for the beginning of that movie, I thought Jim had switched it out and put a horror movie in there because the dude comes up with a mask in the snow and he mm. pops up at the window. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. Like uh, Steve would say, unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, absolutely. I did pause it too to make sure I was watching the right movie because it did, It was a, it definitely was in a different vein than all their stuff. And I was like, wait a second, what's going on here? Terrifying. Yeah. And that little girl fucked his shit up just... Yeah. And then does it matter because he gets up anyway? And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had, well, I don't know how where we want to begin because, like, there's, we were talking earlier, there's just so many different angles. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about No Time to Die. <laughs> but yeah. if we want to start with, 
Oh, let's start. I have some some notes uh, real quick on uh, Dr. No, since that's the, uh, the, the first one. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. So hold on. I wrote initially, I'm confused. Three blind mice. Remember the three guys with the canes oh, yeah. at the beginning? I, 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 I was confused. The kidnappers? <laughs> Zach's quote of the movie was right in the tit. <laughs> Oh, Remember that girl got, I wrote that down girl in my shot. notes that after we saw the three blind uh, guys going over there that that he's like, hey, wait a minute. Those guys weren't blind. <laughs> <laughs> they tricked us. The movie's lied to us. Uh, we, right. That woman got shot right in the tit. Uh, the mix was off. Right. I remember thinking that the the music was way too loud and the talking was much too quiet. Yes. The action scenes like the car chases, everything were so loud. It made it uncomfortable. Um, and then I throw. When does the Bond movie start? Yeah, because it didn't. It, it didn't feel like a Bond movie at first. How are you receiving me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote again. Why did Ursula follow him? Like they were taking him captive, and had him like beat up, and they were dragging him, and she just walked with him. They weren't even paying attention. It's called animal magnetism. Oh, yeah, he couldn't get away from her. Uh, I love the uh, the bad guys in both movies. Now that I think about it, had the dopest setup. Like inside the mountain, it was so. Remember, they were giving him kimonos, and they had like tea time, and they it was like so nice. The other thing I wrote was, where did the water go? And I think that had to do with the pipes. Remember? Oh yeah, we're going through the water. Yeah, the pipes, like they were crawling oh, through the plumbing. When he was crawling through the pipes, yeah. and then the water flushed <laughs> him out, and then water. he went to the end of the pipe, and no water. Yeah. It, oh, no, it was like it was just going to empty into that room, which was actually a functioning like hallway of the yeah, lair. Yeah, it was just so a regular make... hallway. There were a few holes in Doctor No. And my last note said that Jim said that this podcast is timeless. <laughs> <laughs> The one you're listening to right now. The one you're it's, listening to right now. Is that the, was... whole, the, the, the whole podcast genre that we're doing is, is timeless. It is. Yes. What I liked is that uh, Sean Connery was well dissected during the viewing of this because the three of you wanted to know from me if he was sexy. And he does have some, at least he did before I know he likes to slap bitches about, that he does have a good deal of sex appeal. He started losing his hair at 17 and, and from like 1958 on, he started wearing toupees in his movies. Oh, wow. But Zach and Steve were so engrossed in how long his eyebrows were. They were very uncomfortable. So there was like a good deal of <laughs> that casino scene that was really just focused in on his eyebrows. Like they come down to like his mid eye, it's bizarre. It was weird. It's like two caterpillars crawling on my face. Sean, is that you? Ah, <laughs> uh, James Bond. Back from the dead. <laughs> but you know, an interesting thing is too, you mentioned Sean Connery. I was looking through some stuff and the original, who they originally wanted to play Bond was uh, Cary Grant. That was their, that was oh, kind of like the first, that's who they decided at first, that, that's who they wanted, but he would only, he would only commit to one and they wanted someone who was commit to a franchise. They knew they were going to make this a franchise. So they wanted to uh, get someone to commit to it longer. So he was like kind of their first go-to. And there's other people in between, but I thought that was interesting that Cary Grant was, and I could totally see Cary Grant as James Bond. That, that totally makes sense. I would, you would think they would want a British person though, right? Like that would be part of the deal, but I guess not. It's Hollywood. So. Yeah, because yeah, he's uh, 
Sean Connery Scottish, no? Uh, yeah. I had heard that they scouted, they saw him in Darby O'Gill and the Little People and then said, this is the guy that we want. And then they wanted him, but because of studio politics, they ended up holding auditions that were just fake because they'd already hired Sean Connery. I heard that too. I had forgot about Darby O'Gill. I used to love that I know, movie. it was a good just, one. Uh, just so we know. Uh, Not enough Carrie bitch Grant, slapping in that though. Cary Grant was born in uh, England. So technically is British. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, there you Even go. Sexier? Interesting. And that transatlantic accent. Um, but yeah, no, Dr. No, super stripped down. I hadn't seen a lot of um, that era of Bond. I didn't start watching Bond until Pierce Brosnan, really. And so it was interesting how it ticked all the boxes for a, a James Bond film, but it wasn't as grandiose as I would have expected. You know, like there's a car chase. Sure. Nice mm -hmm. little dainty car chase. Cyanide cigarettes? superb like i was super impressed by that i have i have always said and i will keep saying that i am not smart enough to be a criminal i would <laughs> never have thought to put cyanide in a cigarette and then commit suicide with it Don't. yeah no cue. i mean no to suicide everyone that's not the answer but really a cool way of doing it <laughs> is a cyanide cigarette <laughs> if someone is going to kill you anyway is what i'm saying all right rather than be taken prisoner right sure. like if you well, that had to Zach, that was an interesting note. There was no cue because there really wasn't any like cool gadgets. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't, he wasn't given anything or. Well, they gave him the gun. They switched out the Beretta yeah. for the Walter PPK. And then there was, yeah, the car chase. But there was no cool like pen bomb or like, you know, wrist, wrist watch, like, you know, bang. You know, he always had those really cool gadgets, especially in the 80s. They really oh yeah, that was the whole reason. They did go underwater with the little reeds <laughs> like they do in cartoons. Well, that's just his resourcefulness. A little MacGyver in there. I loved when they were on the beach and they were hiding behind a sandbar and there was like a, a Navy ship out there that was machine gunning for 15 minutes the beach, blowing up the entire beach. And then the bad guys go, come out. <laughs> Like they're like, okay, okay, we're gonna come out. And there's nobody. <laughs> and then they're like, no, we're not coming out. And they're like, all right, well, we'll be back then. What? We're bringing the dragon. Do we know what Dr. No's ultimate plan was? Because I don't know if I ever picked that up. <laughs> World domination. No, but he did kill Ursula's, Ursula Andrews, or Honey Rider. He killed Honey Rider's father. So I also found it a little bit of a story hole that she tells James Bond that the villain that lives on the island, who she's admitting that she's aware of, who killed her father, she was just there collecting conch shells yeah, and, yeah, exactly. and i thought the whole time that that was her cover because she was trying to kill the guy who killed her dad no, no. she was really just collecting shells to sell in miami for 50 bucks a pop but again they were 50 dollars conch shells back in 1962 so right which is pretty dope it's i mean pretty, you could yeah. plot revenge against the person who killed your father or just or make it lucrative conch shells. hey living well is the best revenge that's right Remember at the end when uh, the the plant was exploding, like he, everybody's running and 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 people are like jumping off the side of the of the the plant is exploding and everything, and there just happens to be a nice boat there waiting for them too, and they just jump on the boat, and I think the guy that was actually on the boat initially holding it to the side of the plant, he winds up jumping off, or James Bond punches him off, so they get this nice boat just to the for the two of them to then sail off uh, so the Americans can 
tow them, I guess. I just remember thinking, like, where were the other boats? And why are people just randomly jumping into the water? Yeah. They could have just run to the shore. There's, and there's a boat. And there was a boat. It didn't make oh, any sense. Well, yeah, there was one boat that none of the, I mean, henchmen or bad guys or whatever you want to call them were going for. Like, it's just sitting <laughs> yeah. there. And then Jack just sitting there. and Honey Rider are like, oh, let's grab the boat. Yeah. Meanwhile, people are, like, diving yeah, off the side. which the was... ocean. Well, I wonder, because I didn't read the book, and I often do like to read the book before I see the movie, perhaps there was something in the book that explained all of that, but I'm thinking probably not. It doesn't feel like it, right? Like, it felt like they were like, okay, and you guys are, jump off the side of the thing, action! Okay, you know, and... Well, and Steve, you had just mentioned how both villains in these two movies had super dope layers. On Islands, there are eight villains in the Bond franchise, that have their layers on an island. I was going to say, yeah, movies. it's kind of a, a trope. Yeah. And, and they always must have some sort of weird physical thing generally about them, like right. Dr. No had no hands. <laughs> he was dealing with the acid. Oh, there was also acid in No Time to Die, acid water. So two, uh, that goes like, that harkens way back to the beginning, right? There were, there were a lot of like little references and stuff in No Time to Die, like, you know, the, the smoke, the car blowing the smoke and the, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of little nods this a specter and this bond movie uh no time to die were the only two bond films that didn't get made from an actual book even though there were like little um homages to no time to die um, never say never again was not based on a book oh which was the only sean connery one that wasn't based on a book already was it book, uh, based on one of the short stories i don't believe so i mean i guess that's yeah. possible you did research more recently than I did, so you're probably right. <laughs> well, I had to because I'd never read any of the books. Uh, Daniel Craig is the first Bond actor to never be seen smoking, so he does not smoke at all in this movie. It's the first time that you see that. Interesting. Very interesting. He's like, no, it's a new cool Bond. He's yeah, still, he's still going to drink, but not going to smoke. There's Even during the... the, the uh, that was a fun bit whenever he was with uh, Paloma and they were in Cuba and they would stop to have a drink in the middle of the gunfight. I thought that was cool. That was yeah. great. He handpicked her after starring with her in Knives Out. He really wanted her to play Paloma and she legit only had three weeks to train. So she was actually saying, you know how she has that, that cute little interaction with him where she's like, I've only been training for three weeks, you know, give or take. She really had in real life only been training for three weeks and she was so self-conscious she kept telling Fukunaga, oh my gosh, I don't think I don't think I can do this because I've only been training for three weeks. I've only been, she said that she said it so many times that they told her to just say it in the film and then it stayed in. <laughs> so cute. She's so I thought cute. she did great. Yeah, I thought she, she really did really, oh, really she's good. So yeah. cute. Yeah. She's so cute. She's a really good actress. She was one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah, I agree. I saw her in Dark Waters with Ben Affleck. She was really good in that. That was like a different role for her. Really, really dark. She did great. Is it about sharks? No, no, it's about murder. Murder. Sharks murder. murder sharks and, murder and people all the time. All things seedy. Sharks have affairs with people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many facts about each one of these movies. So um, when we're watching Dr. No, so we... To people listening out there, we as a group watch Dr. No together and No Time to Die separately. Dr. No is a nice, quick, little over before you know it kind of jaunt. No Time to Die is like legit 
kind of commitment that you're going to spend three hours. in that. I mean, it's basically three hours. Yeah. Yes. So I was commenting a lot on the color story and the sets in Dr. No, because they were really strategically thought out. And then when I was reading up on it later, um, they made all the sets a little bit smaller so that James Bond looked bigger. And then it was um, Ken Adams who did the sets and Stanley Kubrick was so impressed with the sets that he hired Ken to do all the sets for Dr. Strangelove. And I had never heard about Dr. Strangelove until a couple of weeks when Steve was telling me about. Which is insane. Yeah, I was like, It's oh, a great movie. Tornado. So we never solved the, the red green issue because there was a lot of red and a lot of green in that No, film. it's just it the color green. story, red, green, and blue. It was just it. That's what you did in the 60s. I guess so. <laughs> Definitely a good film, I thought, but it left a little to be desired as far as, you know, James Bond uh, extravagance. Yeah. So, yeah, remember he like, he like used a piece of hair. He like, I don't know, I think he licked cool. it or maybe yeah. it was just- That was cool. And he put it across his dresser armoire or whatever you want to call it. And he knew, but that was another thing that was weird because we saw that it had been broken and I expected someone to be in the room and attack him and that never, no, he just it, what was in there? Was he just doing that to see if someone was going to go in there? Did he have yeah, something in there? There was that nothing they in there in the take? closet. They didn't really explain that piece. Yeah, so he he walked into his uh bungalow there, knowing that somebody was in there snooping because there was fingerprints on the on the briefcase, the piece of hair, but but then he just goes and like takes a shower and goes to sleep. <laughs> Wasn't there something about like he didn't drink the vodka? Like he thought maybe the vodka was poisoned, and so he opened up a new bottle instead yeah, from a drawer right underneath uh, where the vodka yeah. was. Like yeah. And yet later, yet later in the film, he's in the bad guy's lair and he offers him something to drink, and he drinks it and gets poisoned or gets uh, drugged. Yeah. Like what you already showed us that you know this trick. The vodka that he was already opened, he's like, oh, that's no good. So he pulls out a brand new bottle, pops it open, pours himself a drink, and then sets the new bottle right next to the old bottle that's right. so that, and then turns around and does, and then he, <laughs> if that were me, I'd be like, I have no idea which one of these is poison. They're both poison. Exactly. Schrodinger, Schrodinger's vodka. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, you know, when you're, I did know, even though I had not seen any James Bond movie, I know the quote of who, who is this person? And he says, Bond, James Bond. That is, what was it? Uh, it's voted the number 22 movie quote by the American Film Institute. So it's like the 22nd most popular, wow. well-known movie phrase. And it got me curious about what the top 10 was. Oh, 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 there's actually, 20 more memorable quotes than that? Say, yeah, Apparently. Like play it again. That them. should be tough. I'll go from I'll, I'll go from like 10 to 1, but 10 okay. is well, hold on. Let me we're gonna need to bring a boat. Me, I bet oh. yeah, that's gotta be one. <laughs> Luke, Luke, I'm Luke, I'm your father. I mean, those are nope. the big two. Neither one of those is in there. Not Wait. top 10. Uh not top we're gonna 10. need a bigger boat, is not in there. Not top 10. Okay. Wow. Oh, what about, um, I made him an offer he can't refuse. Nope. Oh, wait, yes, what? yes, yes, yes. That's okay, number two. Okay. That's number two. Oh, from The Godfather. Okay. What about... Um, um, it's Chinatown, uh, Jack. No. What's the one from uh, Casablanca? Could be. Uh, uh, here's looking at you, kid. 
Yeah, here's looking at you, kid. Number five. Mm. Ooh, okay, okay, we're doing all right. Okay, what about, um, so we did Godfather. Franklin, my dear, don't give a from... damn. Number oh. one, number <laughs> one, <laughs> Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Okay, so what else we got there? Yeah, we have- um... Well, there's top 10. You got three of the top 10. AT phone home. Nope, not top 10. That's bullshit. There is a Star um, Wars quote in there. It just wasn't Luke, I'm your father. May the force be with you. Number eight. Oh, wow. What about, okay, so give us a hit with some of the other movies, maybe. Um, <clears throat> Otherwise, we'll be here all day. Wizard of Oz. There's no place oh, like home. No place like home. What? Oh. Follow the Olympic Road. Nope. There's no place like home, nope. wasn't it? Nope. Dorothy quit being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, they cut that one out. That's a good <laughs> Really? Uh, what a world! What a world! That one. What other line from? I've got a feeling we're not not in Kansas anymore. Oh, that's ugh. number four. Wow. So number ten is you talking to me? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, taxi, taxi driver. 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 Number yeah. nine, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. That's all about Eve. May the force be with you. Number eight. Uh, number seven is from Sunset Boulevard. All right, Mr. Demille, I'm ready for my close-up. Oh, yeah. Uh, number six is Sudden Impact. Go ahead, make my day. Uh, number five, Casablanca. Here's looking at you, kid. Number four, Wizard of Oz. Toto, I've got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Number three is On the Waterfront. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could do my Brando impersonation. Oh, I do, do that all do. the time. Hi, <clears throat> I'm Marlon Brando. I could have been a contender. No? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I could have been somebody. I could have been a contender. But nah, I'm the bum. Thank you. And the Academy Award goes. Number two belongs to the Godfather. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. I'm going to make him an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> and number one, Gone with the Wind. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Well, I would have, I can't imagine, uh, I mean, Shaken Not Stirred or Bond, James Bond would have been top 10 for sure. I, but I know, guess not. but as you see, there you have it. American Film Institute is never wrong, Stephen. Well, finger on the okay. pulse. <laughs> but they got finger on something. <laughs> well, let's see. I'm trying to think what other things about Dr. No. Well, there just wasn't a lot. There was that one scene where he, uh, Sean Connery sniffed that girl's towel after she wore it. And I thought that was a little unnecessary and really how many icky. chicks did he bang in that movie did he have sex with two or three girls allegedly oh, well wait the first one was uh mrs trench yeah. right uh-huh and then ursula andrews and there was just ursula okay oh, only just two? sure hmm. yeah light day oh i think they did it on the in the boat at the end that was implied you know ursula oh. andrews was john derrick's first wife his second wife was Linda Evans, and his third wife was Bo Derek. Damn. So, and they all look pretty much, if you look at them, they look pretty the guy, similar. He had a type. Well, I mean, Absolutely. had sex with. They all look almost yeah. made out wow. with her. I don't well, think there uh, was a point Speaking about they actually uh, had the sex. women in James Bond, I mean, for No Time to Die, let's hear it for the girls. There's a lot of girl power yes. in No Time to Die, which yeah. I thought was really cool. It's certainly... Uh, reflective of the time that we're living in now where there's a little bit more equality. We have first ever double O agent that was a female in 
um, what was the Lash Lashana Lynch as Nomi? She was the first double O agent that's a female. Uh, Billie Eilish was uh, wrote and sang the theme song at just 18 and broke world records for that. So girl power there. Um, uh, what was it? Leah Seydoux. She, um, gosh, what is her? She was, I think, the first, the first. Bond girl since Mrs. Trench that wasn't an actual agent that got to fall in love with James Bond. I was, you know, I really liked the the females in this uh, this particular movie because it didn't feel like they were trying to shove it down your throat mm -hmm. necessarily, which is, always feels a little bit forced and unnatural. These characters were well developed. They all had flaws. They all had real personalities and emotions attached to them. Even. Um, Mrs. Moneypenny, but that's not her name in the in the. Is it M? No, Mrs. Moneypenny is right. No, that's right. Mrs. Moneypenny. That, that's, the, 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 that's the assistant. This even she had uh, uh you know for her bit uh, a well kind of crafted character and the emotion was there. I, I it didn't bother me like I thought. Oh come on, if it doesn't, in my opinion, if it's not done right, it feels like it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. It it feels forced and unnatural. This had none of that. Yeah, but Moneypenny's in all of them. Yeah, 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 but she's she a, she's sometimes just plays like the uh, the campy secretary that right. always will they, will they. This one, it didn't yeah. feel like that quite True. the same. No, I liked it. They gave everybody agency and a backstory and flushed people out a little bit. It was really That's why it was three hours long. With that. I mean, how could they not? They had three hours. <laughs> uh, the stunts, I mean, with the where we were lacking for action, and of course, it's the first Bond what, film, so... We give it, you have to give it a little bit of um, leniency there because it's the first of its kind. Without that, this doesn't exist. So it always gets points for that. But damn, the stunts in No Time to Die. I kept thinking to myself, oh my God, I hope these are CGI because there were some that were so alarming and that they couldn't be real and they were all real. Yeah, him that jumping part off that on the bridge, bridge. Yeah, that was crazy. I, was I thought like, for sure crazy. those motorcycles would die. Like, is that yeah. film, film sped up? How many times did that? Well, how about <gasps> when he ducked? When he ducked under the rock and the car yeah. bounced over him? Yeah, that's crazy. All some I mean, people that, that jump on that motorcycle where he goes up that flight of stairs. Yep, real. Ugh. Unbelievable. So, like, yeah. plus two for all the stunts. Yeah. They just hired a couple of X Games dudes. It wasn't like when they did uh, Steve McQueen of The Great Escape. He jumped a lot of those. Oh. And he was doing it on a Harley, not on a dirt bike. I don't know. That was insane. That was absolutely insane. Yeah. But Fukunaga uh, had that. He wanted one big motorcycle stunt in Spain, and he got it. Or not Spain, Italy. Yeah, I mean, Not Daniel it. Craig, I mean, this was his last movie, of course, but um, he wanted to be his last because it was, it was taxing on him. He got injured a lot in those movies. Yeah, he wanted Spectre to be his last one, and then they talked him to one more. They wanted to talk him to two more. And they, there was some rumor that they were going to offer him $100 million for two movies, and he turned it down. But they said that wasn't true. Wow. Well, I guess he's already taking money baths, so he's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't true. But he, yeah, he just, he just did that last one, and that was, he's like, that. no, that's it. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't mind, you know, them doing a new sort of 
double O agent. Yeah. I think I thought it was weird that they treated the the double O seven just as this frivolous sort of like right. like it's his fucking football I, number I agree. or something. Like, oh, you thought they were gonna retire your number? Well, I mean, probably. I mean, isn't that sort of the point that it's a very exclusive? Like, why would they? So you're telling me there's been five other double O sevens before now? I didn't like that. I thought if they were going to have her come in and just be, holy shit, I'm 0010 or whatever, and just be her own badass character, I thought that was kind of convoluted. And and the whole point with her being kind of like annoyed with James in a way, just sort of condescending to him, like, like, oh, I'll shoot you in the knee that works or whatever. It's like, well, she would, even if she thought... Well, even if she thought he was, she was better than him, he still like saved the world presumably several times, and she would know I, that. I know, That's no, what, the, so. the reason the, the reason I was struggling with that piece of it is because there was some of that at the beginning where she was she was kind of condescending to him and stuff, and I, I thought there was some kind of animosity of like maybe how he left or something because when it would, later on in the movie she did turn to the guy and say I I'm I'm telling him to give you your 007 back. Because it sounds like now she has a, a new respect for him at some point. So there, there might have been something, some kind of tension of, of, of that respect, maybe. I don't know. It was because that was kind of weird to me. I wasn't sure if she was, if something had happened. And that's why she had that attitude. I mean, well, and, and, and it's not, it's the movie's not James Bond. It's, I mean, the, the, the agent's not James Bond, it's 007. So that can be anyone. And then, the Bond, James Bond thing is going to go away, but 007 is going to be the thing that carries on, not James Bond. But it's hard. I don't know. I, I doesn't for me. It's like James Bond 007 are the same thing. So I you're I don't know how you're going to get away with that. I was asking Zach before we started the record if he thought that maybe the next James Bond film would be starring Lashana Lashana Lynch. Well, and I actually want your opinion on this because to me, and I, this is what I said to you before we start recording, I think it's a fundamentally different film with a female special agent because James Bond and whether or not it necessarily lines up with today's, you know, philosophy is a different thing, but, you know, he's, he's a, a ladies guy, you know, he's going to walk in, he's going to solve the problem, he's going to kiss the girl, he's got cool gadgets and cars. If it's a female then you can still do that story, of course, but I think that's a different, fundamentally different character. Right. And well, it's not, it, again, it's, the movie is, it's James Bond and it's 007 James Bond, the same thing. So it, it's not going to work if you just try to replace it with a female person. It's just, like I said, it's, it's a completely different movie, which is nothing wrong with that. If you want to continue the franchise and be like, if she's a double eight, she's a double, double O agent. But it's not Bond. It's not James Bond. It's a double O agent and it's a new franchise you're going to start, which is fine. And she's her own awesome right. character. Did you guys uh, stick around to see the credits at the end? Probably not. Is there a post credit oh scene? God. No, there's not a okay. post credit scene, but there is a message that says James Bond will return. So I mean, they're looking for James Bond. They're, they're talking about different people being James Bond. And it, Idris Elba? Yeah. His name that. was thrown around a lot. A lot. His with only a lot, but I, I don't mean, know. It almost seems like a no-brainer with him. Yeah. You know, like why wouldn't you? I mean, he, maybe he doesn't want to. Again, you have to commit. If you have to commit to like five movies, he's probably like, eh, I don't think so. I had wondered since they've ex they've exhausted the Ian Fleming books, and it's they're kind of already agreed to themselves that they're going to go outside of the books for new content. They really can make the Double O franchise whatever they want. So instead of it being tied to James Bond, maybe this was the first little 
inkling or a crack in the door that says it's going to be about the number 007 and who that belongs to. Not necessarily 007 is not going to be James Bond going forward. Perhaps. I am, I don't know. Or, or they can make it like an Avengers type of thing and you could have double O agents and not just seven. It could be a five and a six and a four and they're working in tandem. It could be something like that too. You can like, like Mission Impossible. Yeah. Like a team, you know, team, that, yes, that's like a that, team. Yes. And I don't know. I mean, I think if you're going to go with James Bond, it has to be James no, Bond. Yeah. And I agree I agree with you, Jim, that it wouldn't necessarily work if they tried to make James Bond a woman. It wouldn't, in my opinion, I, I guess I agree with you guys, it would seem a little bit weird. How would she fit that persona that people are used to seeing when they hear the name James Bond? Well, that's it, would, it, wouldn't about, be, it wouldn't be James Bond anymore. Right. It would just be the number 007. And right. then you'd have to get to that's fine. a new character. Yeah. Sure, but then I, again, it's one of those things where it's like almost reappropriating the 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 most recognized thing. You know, like I always use the example: I would rather see you know a ripoff of Indiana Jones than Bradley Cooper just playing a new Indiana Jones. You know, it's like I would rather if you want to make that movie, don't shoehorn it into this thing that already exists because it's the easy thing. To well, do. the Bond franchise has already set up its legacy as the main character being replaceable with different actors throughout the throughout the year yeah, so, so it's always been which is why i was a single person so bitter that they felt like they had to kill off james but spoiler that they had to kill james bond at the end of this movie like why couldn't they just fucking let him go with his chick after he I, realized what was important in life and she realized what was important in life why couldn't they just go be happy together that could be a way of them ending the James Bond part of the franchise and starting something else. Well, that's but why I was there was always talk they that would. they were getting another James Bond. So I don't. It's weird. I don't know. As a James Bond fan, and I'm not necessarily saying that's me, but like, is that what you want? You yeah. know, to see your character. No, I just wanted him to go off and live happily ever after, and then we just have a new James Bond. It's yeah, totally like, fine. Like they always do. Yeah. I mean, and that's weird. I, I didn't know he died. To tell you the truth, I I didn't realize that he was going to die at the end. And I'm like, they're not going to kill him. And I'm like. Okay, he's definitely dead. <laughs> oh yeah, a bomb landed yeah. on top of him. I was like an hour into the movie and I, I paused and I called my mom and I told her I was watching No Time to Die and she says, is that the one where he dies? Oh, oh no, seriously, he didn't know no. either. Oh. And he foreshadows it, you know, when he's when he gets in the car with Madeline at the beginning, and he's like, "We have all the time in the world." I'm like, yep. "Ah, shit!" If James Bond says that, you know, people are dying immediately. I figured she was gonna die, like in that car at that point. That little girl was so is that when, is that when you cried, Amber, when he got blown up by the bomb, or was it when he was on the phone? He was on the, the phone, ladder? and he went, and they were like, "I just, I just need more time. I, we should have had more time." And I was like, like uh, then going back to all the things that I've regretted in my life, like I just, why have I just not taken the time with the people that I love? And I'm like, oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't crazy about like the whole like emotional arc. Like I like him, you know, having a love interest and stuff, but it also seemed like, I don't know, more emotional than I personally would want. Zach is like, what is all this emotion in my James Bond uh, film? They're, uh. Oh, they're, everybody's kissing now. Oh, they're oh. kissing. Ew, they're hugging. Get my, get my peanut butter out of my chocolate. My chocolate out of my He's not going to be able to live with the love of his life. Oh no! Oh look, he actually is the father. Oh, yeah. aren't you aren't pulling at your heartstrings? Like, come on. Yeah, and no one bought it when she's like, "It's not yours." No one bought that. Yeah, everybody knew it was his. Like, come on. Like, I, I, oh. yeah. 
I don't even know why she bothered. I don't know, but I felt very ripped off. I'm like, oh. The little girl was great. She was good. Yeah. I always like Rami Malik. I, I thought this his character was just weird. It was too so weird. was he supposed to be like 45? Like how old was he at the beginning of the film? Well, and that's the thing too. That that was my question. I thought because of the whole serum thing and what they were working on, I thought it was maybe like a live forever type of thing because he it was way earlier when that happened and, and looked like he was an adult when he was exactly. there. And now he's he does like like you said, he doesn't look that old. So it's like, how old is he supposed to be? Supposed to be sixty? He's supposed to be like, you know, how old is he supposed to be? It's really weird. I thought, I'm like, aren't you guys the same age? Yeah. I thought they were the yeah. same age. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I can't be the mask dude. That dude was what? That and that's exactly and that's where I was like, wait, was there some kind? Is he like a live forever type of thing? We're gonna figure out that there was like some kind of thing he was doing with that DNA stuff that he's gonna live a little longer. I don't know. That would have made more sense to yeah. me, actually. Yeah. I wasn't like the whole his end game was bizarre to me. It was like, well, your dad killed my parents. So now, or my family. So now I'm going to destroy the world. Yeah. Know. The whole DNA thing is just weird. Yeah. That whole, I mean, the weapon was interesting, but the reason he wanted it, the motive was like weird. I'm like, that doesn't really. Well, I would have to say throughout all of that I've heard about James Bond movies throughout the decades, the motives for the villains are pretty flimsy which is why they become great satirical comment <laughs> content for other franchises but that's what i'm saying by making it this sort of like very specific oh we're trying to find the emotional thing it's almost like i don't need that you know just make him a wacky villain i don't want that in my villains <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like i said it's not like i'm sitting here you know you know holding the flag for james bond fans i did like the henchman in the second one, I don't even remember there being a henchman in Doctor No. Was there like a classic henchman? Not really. There was Puss. There was Puss Feller. Oh, classic. Yeah. What'd you call me? Puss Feller. <laughs> oh, I thought he was a good guy. He was a good guy. I just I'm talking about like you know like there was no like Jaws or no. uh, the guy with the hat. But in the really. but in in No Time to Die, they had the dude with the you know the Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what a cool way he died at the end. He got too close to the watch and yeah. that was so cool. And I wish that they had, if they'd had a little less comedy throughout the film, that line would have been, it was still cool. That one yeah. liner. Yeah. It blew yeah. his mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I liked that uh, Felix Leiter, Leitner, whatever was in both films. That was cool. Really yeah. Nice. I was kind of sad to see him die like that. That yeah. was Jeffrey Oh, Ryan. that hurt me bad. Yeah. They hurt me bad. They kicked me in the field several times. They killed off Felix and killed yeah. off. Bond. I'm like, what the hell? Like, at least in Dr. No, pretty much everyone except that first driver guy who did the cyanide cigarette lived. I mean, yeah. even Coral lived after getting his face cut by that broken bottle. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, he didn't even bother like going to the doctor or getting a band aid or he just kind of kept on going. That guy That's with right. the Jackie oh, O sunglasses following yeah. him around. He lived. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, I, I get that you kind of want to modernize it i really liked everything like i liked the uh, casino royale quite a bit i liked quantum of solace was okay I'm trying to think what other they i mean they do, these did have a lot of similarities you know and i think part of that was uh this this movie taking little references and homages from dr no but they both had uh they both had women who had water <laughs> came up from the water they both had villains on islands they've both were um, went back to jamaica mm -hmm. it's pretty good similarities yeah. little yeah. stuff like like uh you know his the line is bond james bond but they found a way in this movie 
where you know it's what, what's your name bond bond oh james bond you know, like, <laughs> yeah take it up a little bit. that was cool that was cool oh you know what one thing before we get into what the what the audiences thought about these films is product placement because we often talk about product placement in these films mm-hmm. and i read something about no time to die because it was being made during the pandemic so they had product sponsors with merchandise in the film. And after, I think it was like 18 months that there was a hiatus, afterwards, those companies came back and made them reshoot certain scenes because the merchandise had become obsolete or outdated by the time that they had to come back for it. So it cost them additional time and money to go back and put in the updated product placement in the film. The one thing that didn't get um, replaced was a Nokia phone that that Lomi or Lonnie meant Nomi Nomi the female James Bond agent. Her Nokia phone didn't get replaced, but she has an ad that that aired after or during the release of this movie and is using the updated phone in that. But I thought that was really interesting. Is normally that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there was some, it, when we get to the numbers about how much this movie costs, there's some interesting things because of all the delays. It got, yeah, it got pretty spendy. Oh, you know what? Let's just get to it then, Jim. All right. Well, let's get to the numbers. All right. Well, Dr. No, of course, was, you know, came out in 19, it came out in 1962 in, in, in Britain, but then I think in, in 1963 in the U.S., um, that's when it came out here. The budget was a little under a million dollars, and they had issues with that. It was it was hard for them to make the movie for that much money. So they did say that it was it was hard because the they did say something about you remember the fish, the big fish tank that he had, like the big the big fish. Well, they didn't have enough money to do stuff like that. So it was a projector of goldfish that they blew up. And that's all they can do to make that huge fancy. Oh, they, yeah. they, were, they couldn't do a real tank. They had to do that. So there was a lot of cutting corners on the movie where they had a kind of, the guy was like, God, I had hardly any money to do anything. So yeah, under a million dollars. Did to you make happen it. to see what, what Sean Connery got paid? By you know, chance? it didn't say. I didn't see anything that said his salary. Um, I'm sure it wasn't a ton because it's the first movie, but I, it didn't say how much he got paid for the very first one. I know how much Ursula Andrews got paid. Wait. Like she got paid $6,000. Yeah. Which is $6,000. $6,000 today's equivalent would have been $55,000. Wow. Yeah, $1 million in 1968 is worth $8,500 today, which still isn't that no. much for a movie. No. No, not at all. Well, wait you hear how much the wait you hear how much how much the time uh, no time to die cost. Uh, but let's do Dr. No first. Uh, like I said it cost a little under a million dollars. The opening weekend was May 8th of 1963 in the United States. Um, the total gross up to this date, because it had multiple releases, they did anniversary releases and everything else. So the all-time total U.S. gross was $16 million, um, and the worldwide all-time gross was uh, a little over $59 million. That's wow. so low. So it's low, but because it, I mean, it came out in 63, of course, and then up, and then if the re-releases and stuff, and then that doesn't include like DVD sales or streaming rights or anything like that, just the actual theater stuff. So I don't know. It could be a little bit more than that after that, but. That doesn't sound too bad. If they made it for a million dollars, they probably reinvested a couple million to do the re-releases. So they, they want to make it pretty good, pretty good money. So no time to die. Let's talk about the budget for no time to die. Just did you guys look it up at all? I didn't. Can I guess? guess. I love to guess. Okay. So No Time to Die was made in, so I'm going to say it cost $80 million. Okay. 
Zach, what do you know? I, I looked it up. Oh, don't you can't say anything. Zach, did you look it up? No, but I did see it in Amber's notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> $250 million to produce. Is that close? No, I was bad. I was way it's off. 250 million times to produce more than Dr. No. Yeah, that was the justice should produce the movie, a hundred million to promote it. And there was tens of millions of dollars because of postponements due to COVID-19, um, director changes, a lot of stuff. So yeah, the movie was wow. supposed to open in 2019, but they did director change. I think uh Boyle, uh, what's his name? Danny. Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle was the original director. He bowed out of it. And so they had to find another director, and that's who they end up finding. Um, there was injuries, of course, you know, that that stopped some stuff. And then, of course, the pandemic. So those three things um, really drove the cost of this movie up. Um, it said that um, for every for every month that the movie was delayed, because, like I said, it was November 9, 2019 was supposed to come out, a um, million dollars a month in interest payments for every oh. month. And the movie came out in october 8th 2021 so that's two years so there's a lot of overages there for sure so wait so if it was 18 18 months of the pandemic so 180 million dollars was just interest payments interest payments and stuff like that because oh. of the pandemic stuff pandemic you know well i don't know i mean you got you shooting stuff you you know shooting stuff now every time we shoot commercials our commercial costs are so much higher because of covid uh, related stuff that you have to now do and it's it's a significant it can, it's a it's a, a percentage of the budget so it's it's pretty big so i can't imagine especially back then when they had to like cancel everything and you have you know you have people you have set you know, i can't even imagine the amount of stuff they had to deal with with the pandemic putting this thing on hold but um yeah they were at one point they were in talks to try to sell the streaming rights for six hundred million dollars, of course there were, no, <laughs> there were no takers for that. Take that money back. Yeah. So, but they, you know what? You know what's funny is that what I was reading is they said in order to get all their money back from everything that happened, the movie would have to have made not. I don't know how true this is because you know how studios are, but because of all the costs, not only marketing costs and distribution costs, all that kind of stuff, um, the movie would have to make nine hundred million dollars internationally to break even. Oh my! It's pure shit, which is not impossible <laughs> yeah it's not impossible um however um the weekend gross for new York time to die was 52.55.2 uh, million which was high i think it was the fourth highest grossing james bond film for opening weekend and it was during it was still during the pandemic it's still in 2021 so pandemic stuff was still like going on so it was, even really going back to yeah theaters. it wasn't a heck of a lot of people but the total u.s gross was only 160 million you Ooh. know it's not a lot but again we were in the pandemic but the worldwide gross was 775 million. Oh, they almost made it. And that was as of January of this past year. So they came close. And you know, there's DVD rights and streaming rights and all that kind of stuff that's not included in this. But uh, right now, the worldwide DVD. What's the DVD? Streaming uh, rights and uh and video uh, and uh, pay-per-view rights. Sorry. My, my laser disc player broke down. I gotta flip it over. Pay-per-view, pay-per-view. Oh, okay. and you age a little at the corner. Yeah, exactly. DVD. <laughs> I said I think they still do sell DVDs and stuff, but yeah. they do. Yeah. But anyways, that they don't really count that money in there. But no, <laughs> 775 million, which is it's interesting because when you look at you know uh, Doctor No, they don't really talk about international gross because he didn't have that same type of feel. But m movies these days make so much money internationally as opposed to that's why they they can have these bigger budgets. But I, I don't know what it is now, but I mean, like a few years ago, I, I heard that uh, the movie market was like 80 percent uh, Asia. 
Yeah. Like, like oh, China's a huge market. Domestic. Yeah. So they're making films to a degree with that in mind. You know, uh, the foreign markets are gold mines. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of the work that I do uh, at my job is for the foreign markets, and, and, and they'll spend a significant amount of money to send a movie to foreign market because they know it's going to get money back. So all the subtitles and, and yep. um, foreign dubs and all that um, closed captions has to be translated to different languages. All those scripts have to be written. That it, It's a significant amount of money, yeah. but they always get it back. Otherwise, they wouldn't do yeah. it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Returns are great. And the runtime, like we said, was two hours and 43 minutes. 500 hours. <laughs> exactly. That was four days. Um, and then the the runtime for Dr. Neil, like we said, an hour and 50 minutes. So yeah, so it's about an hour longer than the original, yeah. uh, than the first. Whew. All right, you ready for some reviews? Yeah. That's not the one I wanted to play. <laughs> that one's so much quicker. <laughs> All right, Dr. No, Rotten Tomato score of audience score of 82 and a Rotten Tomato score of 95. Really highly. Really wow. Highly, yeah. yeah that's it's, pretty it's one of the original, so I guess that's why they decided to do it that way, but um, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't I don't necessarily think it was that high, but you know, you know, but it's the, I guess, you know, it kicked off the franchise. So, you know, I think given that that kind of credit. I picked a uh, a critic from bbc.com. Um, I thought it was it was Kind of summed up everything pretty quickly. His name was Nick Cramp. Um, he says, Dr. No, it is a fine start to a series which has provided the movie-going public with some cinema, cinema, cinema gems. So basically huh. what he was saying, I'm going to say that one more time. I don't want you to edit it correctly. I may or may not. <laughs> It is a fine start to a series which has provided the movie-going public with some cinema... Cinematic, cinematic, cinematic gems. God damn it. I'm gonna do it one more time. It's a fine start. <laughs> we should have a blooper thing at the end of this thing. That's what we should do. Oh, yes. All right. Come on. You can do it. I it's have faith a, in you, Shep. It's Come a on, fine buddy. start to a series which has provided the movie going public with some cinematic gems. It is. God, that was hard. <laughs> Who would have thought it? <laughs> Why is cinematic so hard to say? I don't know. I shouldn't be. It's not. Metacritic. <laughs> My Metacritic. Lost <sighs> or no. Uh, Metacritic score of 78. User score is 7.5. Um, I pulled I pulled this one because it was I, I love this this uh, review. Um, GD reviews. This is a real reviewer, not a Metacritic reviewer. This is one of the real ones. Um, uh, actually, no, I'm sorry, I lied. It's a Metacritic review. Um, <laughs> the debut of James Bond and Sean Connery as Bond is certainly a milestone in film history, but it has aged extremely badly due to obvious yellow facing. Fun fact about the movie is that it got trans... <laughs> Fun fact about this movie is it got translated in Japanese as we don't want, we don't want a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had written this one. That's funny. Uh, um, we don't want a doctor. That doctor is true. Now. That is true. That was the original Japanese translation. Mm, <laughs> doctor, no, thank you. Uh, all right. That was, uh, that's GD reviews. That yellow comment in there, was that 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was supposed to be Asian because all yeah. of his hedge people were right, and they yeah. were not very. Asian. And we mentioned that he wasn't even Asian. Yeah, they yeah. cast a lot of uh, yeah. white people and tried to make them look Asian, and we were yeah. mm, very reflective of the time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I told you about uh, the James Bond Jr. cartoon where James's nephew, James Bond Jr., uh, faces Doctor No, and he is like Fu Manchu mustache. Yeah. Like, super like long fingernails i mean maybe kind of offensive the other direction yeah but uh, yeah very bond just can't get it right <laughs> all right this is the uh second metacritic review from and I, I picked the course you know i picked these reviews because of the names mostly i don't read the reviews as much the other was gd gd but i did his because of um the G because of the translation. It's a translation. We is don't that want a supposed to be like goddamn review though? Is that what that is? <laughs> that was yeah, I guess GD? so. GD's review or God's review? I don't know. Um, this one is um, James Bald. Okay. Well played. Well played. <laughs> and here's his review. And it all started from here. Cult film of a saga that that has been filling the halls for over fifty years. The use of some twists, brilliant dialogue, sumptuous set design, breathtaking pursuits and intriguing exponents. You're Ursula Andrews as Bond girl and a good Sean Connery, a soundtrack worthy of an Oscar, a classic action spy film. Dr. No is a formidable villain, but the dragon, quote unquote, scene is ridiculous. Beautiful instead, the one of the casino where our spies play Baccarat. That's what they were playing. Remember we were asking what they were playing? It was Baccarat. Yeah. Or to be exact, Chemin de Fur. That's what they called it. Chemin right. de Fur. Which is odd because isn't that a gene? What? Those are jeans, Shimon Defer. Remember those jeans in the 70s and 80s? Nope. Wait, you don't know what Shimon Defer, the jeans from the 70s and 80s of Medisco? Oh, you got to look that up. After we do this, you're looking that up. <laughs> My gosh. I'm going to look it up right now. Look it up right now, Shimon Defer. Dr. No is a formidable villain, but the dragon scene is ridiculous. Beautiful instead was the casino where our spies play Baccarat, or to be exact, Shimon Defer not the gene, the whole thing embellished by dialogue and a beautiful Bond girl. Although the character James Bond is not yet defined, and this is not to be considered the best of the saga, it still remains a classic. Who does it say played Honey Rider? It, it, he didn't say in here. So it says Ursula what? Ursula, and, uh, Ursula Andrews? If it says Andrews, that's Steve's. <laughs> Andrews, I'm sorry, I read it wrong. Oh, okay. Ursula Andrews, my fault, that's my <laughs> no, fault. That's two S's, How not an dare A. you. Ursula Andress. Ursula Andress. Andress. A real James Bond nerd would know. That's true. Ursula Andress. No, that it, it actually does say Andress. I don't want to throw anyone off. Okay. It does say James Bald. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, he knew about Sean Connery's issues. It also <laughs> That's said true too. Dragon's that is true. ridiculous, which is so much like. All right, so I look up Shemin Defer. First of all, that is not how I thought you spelled it. And they look like Jordan's jeans. Yeah. They were like from the 70s, early 80s. High-waisted, uh, blue, the tight. Yeah. Uh, how many yeah. pairs did you have, Jim? I had none. They were female jeans. Uh, how many means. pairs does he have? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Straight question. Can you yes. wear white after Labor Day? Yes or no? Would I? Oh, yeah, I would wear white. I don't care. You have it here, folks, first. <laughs> That's a lie. Jim doesn't wear anything but black all the That's time. That's true, too. I, don't, I rarely wear white, but when I do, I wear it whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Metacritic. All right, we're going to go to Dr. No, Metacritic number two. Um, this is from Movie Fans Home Edition, and um, 
if this is a two out of 10, oh, by the way, um, Metacritic James Bald gave it a seven out of 10. Um, this is which movie? This is Dr. No. Oh, Dr. No, Dr. No, okay. From Movie Fans Home Edition. Um, and this was reviewed um, recently, 2021. And uh, James Bald, September 2018, just to give you some reference. These aren't from like way before. It's, these are like people who have watched them and reviewed them recent, more recently. Um, movie fans home edition give it two out of ten. Um, what was this movie? Did anything happen? I know I'm a bit late to the game, but isn't James Bond supposed to be a spy? In this movie, he was more of a detective and playboy. We were in Jamaica the whole time, and not one person had a Jamaican accent. I thought this was the Bond film with the big radar dish, but I guess not. Just skip this one. He thought it was Goldeneye. <laughs> He yes. thought it was from 1992. Oh, that yes. might be Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I know what movie it is. That's right. Steve knows the difference between Goldeneye and Dr. No. Mm. That's true. He should. All right, let's go on to No Time to Die. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score and audience score. Only two two Metacritic for Dr. No? Did I only do two? We no, I, did three. I, did, I, did, I did GD reviews. Okay, that's so far. And then movie fans home edition, um, home edi edition, yeah. yeah. Good luck. <laughs> All right, no time to die. Uh, audience score, I'm sorry, of 88. Rotten Tomato score of 83. This is a review from Josh Parham. He's from Next Best Picture, and this his review was: the film leaves one with a bittersweet farewell to the legacy that Craig has cemented, while also maintaining a sense of optimism for what the future may hold. So I thought it was a nice little review. Oh. That's all it was. Kept it short because the Metacritic ones are very long. Awesome. Metacritic score, uh, Metacritic one number one. The uh, the score for Medic the score for No Time to Die. The Metacritic score was fifty seven, which is kind of low, Ooh, but the know. user score was eight point one. So that's pretty good. Um, what are you doing? Doing. Yes, but it doesn't matter. We're not like. Are you, why are you crawling on the floor? Hi, <laughs> Leslie. She's like, like, what are you on the floor for? And she was like, just staying there. It's like someone trying to get by. Oh, she could be in it. Um, all right. Uh, the first review is "I Love the '80s." That's the uh, the name. And it's from October of 2021. I am a huge Bond fan and think Craig, alongside Dalton, very underrated, is one of, if not the best Bonds. It pains me to give this movie such a low score, but it's well under 50% for me, hence me giving it a two. I gave it this rating as it is a mess of a bloated Bond movie with the very end of the movie leaving a very bad taste in my mouth, which tainted the score massively. I almost gave it a zero or a one. I like how they use the word bad taste and then taint in the same I sentence. I that's hilarious. same tainted. thing. <laughs> yeah, but you say you leave a bad taste in my mouth and then you use the word tainted. Yeah. That's definitely on purpose. <laughs> Giving yourself away, Steve. <laughs> ah, shit. I noticed that, though. Yeah. You caught that, too? I did. Yeah, I didn't catch that, Dirty Minds. It's far too unorthodox and inspired by social cultural fads. It has far, far too much emphasis on Craig and his departure than Bond and his never-ending quest fight. The movie is convoluted, far too long, and self-indulgent, with a very insulting end to all Bond fans. As good as Craig is, he doesn't sum up Bond. He is not the end-all, be-all wow. Bond, and this movie is not satisfying, nor a send-off to Bond fans should get. That could have been Zach. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying this is the last <laughs> Bond movie. We're not, we're not saying this is the last Bond movie, right? 
I'm not no, saying that. No, no, not necessarily. But they, I mean, I don't think that they said like, oh, we're going with, you know, know me or we're Greek. I don't know what they're going to do. Right. They've made no statement as far as I am aware of. Right. Right. So, but it's not the end of Bond. I mean, this this uh, critic made it sound like it was the very end of Bond. Because they can just reboot it at any point. You know, you cast another person, you start over. I mean, I think that's what's great about the character. You know, specifically James Bond is you can just start over. That get in there. <laughs> I start writing that script. <laughs> All right, Metacritic. This is Hingle McCringle. Oh no. <laughs> Hingle McCringle. <laughs> no. Um, his uh, his review is from November 2021, and he wrote, or she wrote, or they wrote, a good a good last showing for Craig's Bond. It I'd probably put it third after Casino Royale and Skyfall. Remy Malik felt a bit wasted, but all the returning cast and other newcomers were good were a good fit, especially Anna De Armas. Is that her name? Yes. Anna De Armas, whose brief section felt like a Good fun schlock for the older Bond movies. Hingle McCringle. Just want to say <laughs> that name again. All right, and the third one, Bond fan uh, 0070, so 0070, No Time to Die, um, wrote this uh, in January of 2022 and wrote, this was the last in a series, so I felt like we should have a better send-off. Story was confused and the action was just so-so. It was Daniel Craig's last Bond film. As a Bond, he was toward the top. I will miss this saga's energy and can't wait to see who is chosen for the next Bond lead. He gave it five out of 10. Good luck. Good luck again. <laughs> oh, that's right. One of these are Steve. Let's go back, back to, to Dr. No. Let's go back to Dr. No. We had GD's review who gave us the Japanese uh, translation of Dr. No being, we don't want a doctor. We have James Bald. And we have Movie Fans Home Edition. It's really tough. <laughs> she did a good job, Jim, again. So what would- what and, would... and just so you guys know that if you get it wrong, I am offended. If you get it right, there's no prize. So there's really no way to win this competition. <laughs> which, which one had the taint in it? The, the bad taint? <laughs> the, the tainted, I think, was the taint was, I think, in No Time to Die. That was No Time to Die. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay, what was, what was the Home <laughs> so, Edition? So it was it was the GD review, which was the Doctor No, we don't want a, a doctor. James Bald, <laughs> which was um, uh, the, the Shamenda for jeans, and it was movie fans home edition. Who was um, did anything happen in this movie? Uh, we're in Jamaica the whole time, and not one person had a ja uh, Jamaican oh, accent. Oh, that's so tough. That's such a Steve thing to say. <laughs> oh, I, TikTok. It's really tough. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go the third one. I'll go to fans home edition. Yeah. Okay. Even though I'd like it to be James Bald, but it just seems too on the nose. I'll, I'll take James Bald. All right. Uh, it was movie fans home edition. Yeah. Amber, you to go. All right. So no time to die. It's only because I love the that, that the dragon thing was ridiculous. <laughs> I thought that Steve might have pretended to not know how to spell Sham Defer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and was playing us. Yeah, that could have been it. Nobody knew how to spell that. <laughs> and and in this and then the 70s and 80s, because like, I was in elementary school at that time, you know, that Shaman Defer were the big gene, and people that boys would call it Shaman Defer. Oh no. I'm right. just saying. That's 
hilarious. I can't believe you guys have never heard this stuff. No. You ever heard of Shemenda Fardane? Shemen the Fur. Oh, I can't. What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's hilarious. I can't. All right. So wait, no time to die. So who was the medic? Who was the Metacritic? I think this was, is the time. I, <laughs> I love the 80s. Hangle McCringle or uh, uh, Bond fan 0070. It's the 80s or the Hangle McCringle. <laughs> I almost have to go Hangle McCringle just because it's so funny. Hangle McCringle. Yeah, I'll go with that one too. Um, it was actually Bond fan 0070, and it was a very straightforward kind of oh, review. No so that's where you off. And of course, my names were gonna, you know, throw you off too, because I'm gonna always pick the weirdest names, regardless of what they're, you know. They're and I also the the palindromes in this one because I uh, I wrote them so late were only one word palindromes, so it'd be very difficult to pick out. Oh. Uh, but that's why I said something about the radar dish because radar is oh. a palindrome. Oh. And, and oh, sagas, yeah. S A G A S. That's true. Like, why would somebody think, yeah, that Doctor No is? It wouldn't matter. <laughs> it wouldn't matter if it was right in front of me. I would never see it. What are these days? Every, no, I say it every single time. Like, no, nope, I'll never see it. <laughs> oh, I wonder if um, we should find out if Zach would uh, would go out with either one of these. Oh, he would have lunch with one of the directors. Would you, would you have lunch? It's Terrence Young. Yeah, or uh, what was the other guy's name? Or yeah. Fukunaga. Wait, is that was yeah. that your new Zach intro song? Yeah, we heard that last I time. I know, but didn't have a did it not have any words? Can you tell us that? That's all it oh, says. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. Director Terrence Young and director Carrie Fukunaga. I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, yes to both. You know, we got the first guy. He's like an old school James Bond director. He went on to do a few more after uh, Dr. No, it looks like. So he'd probably be pretty interesting. And I mean, Corey's a young up and comer uh, film director. Carrie. So seems to be. Carrie, not Corey. It's what? Carrie, not Corey. It's not Corey? No, Carrie. <laughs> I'm sure Corey that's is how, also. That's how, just... that's how new he is. He's so new. So new. I mean, I don't know. Doesn't even know his name. Right. Well, it's like he's got like three names. Here, he wait, does is it a have guy? three names. Yes. Anyway, I think they're both. They sound like fine people. Which Bond would you go out with? Which Bond would you have lunch with? Ooh, yeah. Which James Bond would you really go out with? Daniel Craig oh, or Sean Connery? Oh, well, I've always been a Pierce Brosnan guy. I mean, that's not, not necessarily... on the table, Zach. That's not an option. That's no. You have to go with the movies. <clears throat> oh well, Sean Daniel Connery Craig then. or Daniel Craig. Daniel, I think I would have a better time with with Daniel Craig. I mean, I I'm a big Sean Connery fan as well, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, Sean Connery's just going to be pulling in all the ladies for himself. Uh, Daniel yeah. Craig isn't. Did you see him with his shirt off? Oh my gosh. I, I think I think Daniel Craig could, but I think he'd be nicer about it. <laughs> I think. What's that? Steve was just drooling over Daniel Craig's chest. And I just said, That's right, those pecs. I remember uh, thinking that guy didn't consume any bread or any sugar yeah. or any alcohol or probably any food for a week before they shot that scene. Yeah. That's the only way to look like that. Some push ups right before the filming. Yeah. I, I did think Daniel Craig, like as James Bond, I mean, you could tell like he is getting a little older. Yeah. Like he's still got plenty of years in him as an actor, but like, Compare, especially compared to that picture you're just talking about. Yeah, like he's thin. I like down. him because he's all craggy. I like him because he looks like Aunt. he's lived life. Yeah, 
Right. Did you know he was in um, a Star Wars movie? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig was in the was it the first or the second? Force Awakens. um, Force Awakens. He was a he was a stormtrooper, uncredited with a mask on in the movie. He's the one that uh, Ray uses the Jedi mind trick on, despite never having heard of the Jedi mind trick or being told there was a Jedi mind trick. Oh, instinctual. But she felt she felt the force for Daniel Craig. She's like, oh yeah. <laughs> it was the this is the droid you're looking mm. for. The force is strong with this one. I have an interesting Pierce Brosnan story for you. You oh. a fan of him? Yeah. So we um when um well you know he was on Remington Steel and they wanted him to play Bond they, but he couldn't get out of his Remington Steel thing so he had to wait until after that. That sounds like, familiar. Yeah. So that happened. But then um I got married in 1999 and um I had my rehearsal dinner at this restaurant. It was uh, in Malibu and my parents were out and everyone was out. And um, the restaurant was, it was on, it was in uh, in Malibu Creek Park type of thing. So it's like you have this restaurant and then on the other side was like a store and you can kind of see inside the store. And as we're eating dinner, my parents are sitting there and he walked by and my, my parents are like, hey, look, it's James Bond. And we all look back, it's like, there's Chris Brosnan who's walking around with his wife and stuff. This was before he did Goldeneye? I think it was at 99. When was this, when was, when was he Bond? I thought he was, I thought he was already Bond at that point. Because I've always thought he looks the part. He did he for sure. James Bond to me. Yep. I, just I thought he did. I he was underrated, and and so was Timothy Dalton. I thought that that was a good movie too. Hmm. The Living Daylight. Hard for me to say since I never saw those movies, but I can't believe you never saw For Your Eyes Only. No, but you know when I'm when I'm thinking I was James in 1995. Bond. So yeah, it was after he was James Bond. So yeah, that's what they recognized gotcha. him as James Bond. I like the casting of Daniel Craig. Yeah, I thought he, well, he was controversial at first. No one liked him really because he was blonde. That yeah. was the, one of the big issues: is that yeah. James Bond is not blonde. Yeah. <laughs> oh, people need to lighten up. Thank God, <laughs> I know, right? I was just thinking, Jim, that you might have been mistaken for him with your dark hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. that did not happen. But yeah, that was interesting. Pierce Brosnan sighting. Nice. I've never seen him around Hollywood. He's kind of recluse, doesn't go out. He's hanging out in shops in Malibu. That is like such a white thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're having our reception in Malibu. (laughs) Malibu. Here's Brosnan stop by to see hello. Here's Brosnan's there. (laughs) (laughs) I said, Leslie, look, it's James Bond. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And he looked over and went to me. He looked at me and went, hey, good luck in your marriage. All right. Well, is that uh, is that how everything that everybody wants to say about these two movies? Yes. It's hopefully, nothing got me in trouble. Yeah, I know. We'll go to the editing of this. Also, a record that Zach thinks that you should talk to. It's a man's world. <laughs> Sometimes you got to tell them with your hands. <laughs> Direct quote from Zach during the movie. <laughs> I, I am definitely interested to see where they go. Yeah, for sure. I'll yeah. be interested too. Without it, not me. I'm not real. I'm I'm more of a Tom Cruise guy. Oh, really? And well, I know how much you like that football scene in Maverick. I'm way more into uh, John Wick or um, Mission Impossible than I am James Bond now. Mm. Yeah, won't argue. Good John Wick. I'll be fine with these two movies only. That's my instead of for your eyes only. Mine will be these two movies only, and that's good. <laughs> Stories out. If, if you want to see really, want to see really campy James Bond, hit, hit the ones in the eighties. Like this. 
yeah. love me moon early set like late 70s early 80s a time a kill we didn't talk about the music is always iconic in these because they always have some kind of big artist doing them and they often win the academy award for best song because they are usually really good songs skyfall that's my adele impersonation that was awful so close so close i mean if you close your eyes who played james bond in the 80s uh roger moore roger moore i have to look him up was he a good bond um you know he was yeah, I thought he was a good Bond. I think he was good, but it, it, the movies themselves were just so '80s. There was a part in there's a part in For Your Eyes Only where he gets shot out of a, a car or something, and the, and the car goes into the water. So while he's down there, he like gets the tire and undoes the, and then breathes out of the stem of the tire. Wow, I, I remember thinking that's so smart, but it would never work. You would die instantly if yeah, you tried it. That way, it would shoot. There is it? Yeah, it's just compressed air, and you can't just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would not no. work, but he did it. Yeah. So wait, James who's who's your each one of you? Who's your favorite Bond since you've seen multiple? It's a toss up for me: Daniel Craig or Roger Moore. Yeah, I always go Rosnan. I I think Connery maybe is a good actor. He looked, yeah. I, there was no, I didn't think, there's never been a really, really bad one, like Bond itself. Like the movies themselves weren't great, but, but James Bond, Roger Moore played a great James Bond for the 80s. I mean, his was like the womanizing, the most womanizing, alcohol drinking, campy ones. It was like having Dean Martin yeah, it's, it's, that's exactly James Bond. It was, it was kind of like that. Where, where do you fall on George Lazenby? Yeah, I never saw that one. I, it's just, I, he, was, he only did one, right? He only did one. He did, uh, Under Majesty's Secret Service. Secret Service, yeah. yeah. Why did he only do? Why did he only do one? Did we? Do we ever find, figure that out? I'm not sure. It's a good question. I feel like I've heard the reason. No, I saw. He's just got a crazy life story. Oh, does he? Really? I, I saw a one called In Her Majesty's oh, Secret no. Service, but it was different than the one you're talking about. Oh, Minus nope. two. What? Nope. <laughs> Come on, Amber. You know, you know the deal. All roads lead to dick. It's true, though. That's true. All right, well, well, that's our show. See everyone next time. James, James, bye bye. Bye bye. (laughs) Bye, James, bye. Oh, wow, this devolved very fast. Courtesy of the Soundly app, go to getsoundly.com for your complete sound effect platform. Intro and outro music for this episode is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. Hear more like this on incompetech.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, and be sure to rate us on iTunes and give us a review if you feel like it. Shoot us an email at filmfightpodcast at gmail.com if there's a matchup you'd like to see. And that's it for this week. Catch us next time for another episode of the Film Fight Podcast.